ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution here with the 373rd episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons are getting ready to play the Pittsburgh Steelers on Sunday at 1 p.m. at Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and the NFC South title is sitting there for the taking. The Atlanta Falcons, uh, all they need to do is get on a roll here past Tampa Bay and uh, hold off the Panthers and the Saints, who are one game behind at 4-8. and eight. Uh, Both of those teams, the Falcons are 5-7, and seven, and the Buccaneers are 5-6. and six. So it's bunched together, sitting there for the taking. But up first, the Falcons will have to contend with the Pittsburgh Steelers, who won last night against the Matt Ryan-led Indianapolis Colts. So Sunday's game is important for the Falcons because despite losing at Washington last week, they're just a half game back with five games to play. The schedule is favorable if they could get some kind of momentum going here. Because uh, after the Steelers, they have their bye week. Then they will play the Saints, who are 4-8. and eight. We'll go to Baltimore to play the Ravens, who are 7-4. and four. And really shaky. They just got beat by Jacksonville. And they'll host, to close out the season, the Arizona Cardinals, who are 4-8. and eight, And have a really bad, kind of funky quarterback situation. And Tampa Bay will come into the Mercedes-Benz Stadium. They are currently 5-6 and six and about ready to run Coach Todd Bowles out of town for holding on to his uh, timeouts up in Cleveland and then losing in overtime to the Browns last Sunday. So, it's despite all that's happened this year, the, the Falcons supposedly just win two games and they're playing with uh, uh, you know, a salary cap situation that's nearly untenable. $77.4 million of dead cap space. Despite all of that, they are in the playoff hunt in a bad division year. And, uh, you know, you might as well go on and try to do it. And the um, table set, it looks like for them to, you know, even withstanding the call and what we uh, thought about the call on the uh, two-yard line, running the pistol and running the RPO play and then a pass, whatever, you know, that's over with. They still have a shot. So let's go ahead and get into the Steelers here. And Coach Arthur Smith, before we move on forward, we're going to look back a little bit on the play call at the end of the game by Coach Arthur Smith. Here's what he had to say. There's a lot that goes into it. You know, you've been in those situations if certainly your thought's different if, if a field goal wins it, right? You're down two or even if you're down three, being risk adverse. Uh, and I say that meaning like you call a run, you score, you're going to have the same, same issue. You're happy you score a touchdown, but you're going to have to turn around and still have to defend. Uh, you'd love to have it where you score a touchdown with one second there, no time, and kick it and go home. And so when you're you're down six, you're going through the thought process. You call you call a run play, uh, the first play. You lose two yards. Now you're second and four. 
you know, runs you like, is also, you know, passes. So do you, do you pass it on? Probably going to have to have the pass in if you, don't, if you don't get it in at some point, whether it's third or fourth down. And went with uh, that's those are the decisions you make. So you go with the decision right there to, to get them in. A, you're pretty confident in what you're going to get. And we got it. But unfortunately, they made a play. And so you live with that decision. So that's, yeah, you know, Coach explained it. I, I didn't get that. It still didn't make sense to me. You know, he's mentioned about uh, if you get the – if you run the ball, they have a chance to come down and get a field goal if you pass the ball. I don't I don't know. I don't know. You're on the two-yard line. You're fighting for the 100 yards every day. I don't know why you pull the ball away from the two-yard line when you're trying to, you know, get it in the end zone. Scoring, um, you know, you got four shots, so you got they don't have any timeouts. I don't understand the rationale calling those plays, but um, uh, maybe someone can explain that to me. Um, it's kind of like with soccer when they don't attack the goal and they kick the ball back and kick it around and kick it around and kick it around. I fall asleep right then, and then they go attack the goal. But um, you know, why you pull the ball away from where you're trying to go is. Uh, uh, they, they're going to have to explain that new age football to me at some point because I never get that. Uh, you know, I'm running three, four quarterback sneaks to get the two yards. If, you know, I can't move them, then, you know, I'm I'm just going to lose the game. So, but it, that's the last word on that. We're going to move on, get ready for the uh, Steelers here. And maybe somebody can explain it. They haven't explained it since Daryl Bevel did the same thing in the Super Bowl, didn't give the ball to Marshawn Lynch. You know, Russell threw the pass. It got picked off. I still don't understand that. Uh, so somebody's going to have to explain that new age football to me uh, on how you don't power the ball in from one and two yards out. And I'm listening. I'll be willing. That may be a, a, a off-season seminar we need to hold at the combine. Throwing the ball on the two out of the pistol, 101. So, uh, But let's move on. The uh, offensive line, this was a big challenge. We talked about it last episode about how the um, commanders, I did a good job. I caught myself. I, I got through the whole week without messing up. But how the commanders have a good front, uh, Jonathan Allen, Deron Payne. Of course, Deron wins up in the game, winning the game with a tip pass. But the Falcons moved the ball on these cats. They uh, uh, were running for 167 yards against the uh, number six ranked run defense. They got another one coming up. We'll get into that. But here's what Coach had to say on the offensive line and the running game continuing to improve. You know, you go into that, and that, that is a good front. But we also feel like we're, we're building something here up front in our mentality on the offensive line. And there isn't moral victories, but there's – it does give you confidence week after week that these guys have stepped up and no matter – and we played some good fronts. I mean, it is the NFL and everybody's good. I got that. But we played some of the better ones. I mean, I you know, played San Fran. I know they didn't have Bosa, but that's a damn good front. And then yesterday, I mean, they were playing as well as anybody in the league. Low possession game. I thought we moved the line of scrimmage pretty well. I thought we had some really good pockets. Staying on track where, the, you know, they didn't get – they had the one sack on us. Uh, tried to be aggressive. Wasn't there. Wasn't likely initially. They collapsed it right away, and then obviously we, we took the sack. All right. Uh, no question about it. The uh, other – you know, they uh, ran it pretty good on the Browns, beat them. But, you know, Miles Garrett was out, uh, Taven Bryan and Jadavian Clowney. So, but, yeah, hey, the um, you know, you're, you're number four in running, so that's pretty good. You can't, you know, shortchange them on that. And that's something you could build around. That doesn't go away. So, you know, the passing game is uh, something that's got to work, uh, whether it's Marcus or 
Desmond or CJ Stroud, you know, you got to get the passing game up to um, up to par. I don't know if it's going to be CJ Stroud if you're in the playoff hunt and picking that 15. You know, it might be uh, the development of Ritter might be the key to where they're going here. Now, um, Kenny Pickett, you know, he was uh, we we did a lot about him last year leading up to the draft. Uh, uh, you know, about his hand size and so forth. He was at the uh, Senior Bowl, if I'm remembering that correctly. And, uh, and uh, you know, the uh, uh, college tape, yeah, him and Willis were down there. And uh, we wanted to know how much college tape will the Falcons look at since he's a rookie in the NFL with just a few starts. Uh, we certainly have, like all these guys, which is why I think it's important to, whether you take a guy, you need to, you don't skip steps in the offseason. You need to learn the league because, you know, again, you only have a certain number of picks and you got to know who, who's coming in and what their strengths and weaknesses and then you kind of see what they're doing as a pro. So um, it's not necessarily going back and looking at college tape. There's enough now where you you got a good feeling, but you ought to certainly know what, what it looked like at University of Pittsburgh. All right. Um, so Kenny Pickett has, uh, you know, he helped to defeat Matt Ryan and the Colts at home last night in Indy. 24 to 17 on Monday night. Uh, it's their second win in the past three games. Uh, Pickett, he played at Pitt. He was 20 of 28 for 174. He also had six rushes for 32 yards. And uh, on the season, he's 175 of 265 passing for 1,600 yards, three touchdowns, and eight interceptions. So, you know, they're figuring some things out up there with the rookie quarterback. Uh, he does have a tendency to hold on the, to the ball too long. He's been sacked 19 times in the past five games, including three by the Colts on Monday night. Uh, but he's learning uh, how to take care of the ball. He hasn't had a turnover in the past three games. So he's starting to, it's starting to pay off that they're playing him as a rookie. Now, the Russian attack uh, was led by Benny Snell. Snell, yeah, from Kentucky. <laughs> uh, he uh, had led the uh, Steelers with 62 yards, including touchdowns on 12 of his carries against the Colts. Uh, he was in there for Najee Harris, who left the game with the um, abdominal injury in the second quarter, so we'll watch that this weekend. And uh, Jalen Warren uh, also didn't play because of injury. Harris had 35 yards on uh, 10 carries before his injury. Pittsburgh ran it. They're like it's, it's going to be another game like Washington. It's a battle of running the attacks with quarterbacks who are, you know, not passers. So they ran it for 172 against uh, Matt Ryan and the guys, the Colts, and uh, the one um, the Commanders got 176 on the Falcons last game. Uh, you know, just powering the ball uh, at them with Brian Robinson. They got on a little roll there. So the Falcons going to see running games. I told you all that three games ago once the um, Panthers ran it on them. If, you know, the other teams think they could run it, they're not going to bother passing. And that's what happened. And um, they tried to pass with Heineke. He threw him a couple balls. He got – Michael Walker got him one. So they just like, heck, we're going to run it. And uh, that's what happened. And part of what happened – in uh, Landover, Maryland, New North North Inglewood, Maryland, whatever we're calling it these days. So we're going to go to the break here, and we're going to come back, finish up with the uh, Steelers. This is the Bowtie Chronicles from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, an air freshener can make your car smell like paradise. 
a drive to Daytona Beach will actually get you there. Beach on. Plan your trip today at DaytonaBeach.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. All right. The Pittsburgh Steelers will be coming to town, man. And, you know, they travel, even though this isn't one of their best teams. So, um, you know, I heard maybe 15,000 Steeler fans are going to be in the house. So, um, if they start winning, that's usually when they take over. I remember a couple years back, it might have been a Steeler game, too, when Dirk Cutter told us he had to go to the silent count because the uh, visitors were drowning them out. But um, that shouldn't be the, that case this year. The Falcons, they got to, um, you know, the Falcons fans have been uh, been pretty good and getting noisy. Uh, you know, they appreciate the, the, the spirit and the fire the team's playing with. And then they got that cheering section down on the left side of, um, yeah, I'll just call it cheering section. I, um, some people call them the fake fans, but, um, you know, they're always just cheering nonstop. Even when they get, Falcons might get stopped on third down, they're cheering and partying. So I, we're going to call that, um, I mean, like a spirit group. I guess in high school you could have a spirit group. I guess the NFL could, team could have a spirit group too. So, uh, but yeah, they look like it's kind of grown on me. I want to go down there and hang with them. They're, they're always having a good time down there with umbrellas and, beads and chains and they, they show them on the problem is you don't know if that's the real fans or the cheer squad when they put them up on the screen but the cheer squad they do a good job down there that's uh, warmed up the old guys warming up to that uh top receivers here let's go uh y'all know one of them george pickens uh he had three for 57 and a key two-point conversion monday night the uh, rest of the group deontay johnson he has 56 catches for 505 and zero Tight end, Pat, uh, he's from Toledo. Pat Fryermuth from Penn State, 57 catches for 521 and one. And uh, Pickens is uh, 36 catches for 510 and two. And, uh, you know, uh, we all know him from Georgia. I thought the Falcons could go big on Lyman early and come back and get him. But I thought maybe, you know, the Falcons talk about ethos and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, Pack, uh, Pickens had a little baggage to carry into the draft, so they probably stayed away from it. Well, let's uh, let's hear from A.J. Terrell, Falcons cornerback. He um, uh, back for two games after his hamstring injury. And Coach uh, Smith, Arthur Smith, said, man, it's really good to see A.J. out there on third downs. So, um, and, and uh, he's going up against Kenny Pickett. They played one uh, one time in college in the ACC championship game. Clemson pounded him 42-10. to 10. A.J. got a pick and had four tackles. Uh, so he talks a little bit about Pickett. And then just about being back on the defense and, uh, you know, being back in his leadership role. Here's Falcons cornerback, works legs high, A.J. Terrell. Saying, uh, so it was good to have AJ out there on third down. Yep. <laughs> so, um, you know, how did it feel to, you know, the second game back? Is everything kind of coming back for you? Yeah, it's uh, just glad to be out there. Mm-hmm. You know, I know my presence means a lot for the defense. And, uh, you know, just being out there and mm-hmm. uh, being able to compete that down in, down out. 
-hmm. you know, just have, you know, just be out there, be a vocal leader, just mm -hmm. presence out there, just mean a lot for everybody. Mm -hmm. And uh, this game, I guess, you know, they got McLaurin, but they got they started running it a lot too, yeah. so kind of changed a little bit. But yeah. uh, from when you back there, when it's changing like that, how do you, you know, stay on top of everything? Well, you know, at, at, in the back end, there's no playoff. You know, you got to anticipate pass all the time. So mm -hmm. um, just. Being on your, you know ten toes the whole time, just staying focused and locked in on the details, and make sure you don't get lack, you know, lack of days to go out there and you know give up a play. So just uh, you know, playing pass first and then re uh, react to the run in the back end. I know y'all got to do one game at a time yep. uh, and everything, uh, and, and you got the late bye, which might be good. Yep. But. Um, uh, y'all still are in the middle of everything. Coach was making a point of that. How do y'all players see that? That hey, yeah, it was a tough one, but yep. let's get ready for it. Um, yeah, just one week at a time. Just like I said before, just trying to go one and zero, win the games we supposed to win, and uh, just prepare. You know, week in and week out to make sure that we get the job done. And um, you know, we're we're right in the hunt, right where we you know need to be. Just got to make that push for. Hey, do, do you watch the Steelers tonight? Or uh, I know you got to do some homework on them during the week. Do y'all watch the TV scout a little bit? Or you got, I, I know some guys watch, some guys don't. Yeah, like, you know, I, I, I watch, you know, okay. see, see who my opponents are and uh, try to get a jump on that and um, not not pile my head up too much. Okay, right, right, right. You know, but I, you know, see who my matchups are, mm -hmm. see, you know, Stuff like that, <clears throat> just to pick up on when mm -hmm. we're leading up to practice. And that uh, rookie quarterback, you played against him, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, Pickett. What did, uh, what, what you, what's your book on him from yeah. Pitt days? He a competitor, you know. Mm -hmm. He gonna, um, you know, try to make make a play, and um, just you know, good talent quarterback. Mm -hmm. Just gotta, you know, be detailed on keep him in the pocket, and make him, uh, make him throw the ball. All right, I'd like to uh, check in with um, right guard Chris Lindstrom to get the post of the team, the post of the offense. He's always straightforward and always kind with his time. Uh, so we um, big shout out to uh, Chris. Uh, let, we wanted to talk with him about, hey, how tough that game was against Washington and how, uh, you know, we heard from some folks that uh, uh, that was a really tough battle and they really respected what the Falcons did up there in the nation's capital. And uh, uh, Lindstrom was, uh, you know, we also asked about the quarterback because Marcus Mariota, you know, he threw the interception to lose the game. Uh, but, you know, Lindstrom points out, hey, we wouldn't even be in that spot if it wasn't for Marcus. So here is Chris Lindstrom just checking in with him on some of the issues of the day as the Falcons get ready to play the Pittsburgh Steelers. When the dust settles, everything, y'all are still in the same spot. <laughs> right. A little bit. Uh, but, you know, how do y'all move forward after a tough one like that? Uh, you just have to. Uh, you have to put it to bed, learn from the mistakes, uh, take what you did well, and then just, you know, we know it's a huge week for us coming up. And uh, we're, it's crazy to say, but we're already here at the home stretch of the season. Mm -hmm. So really uh, trying to focus. Mm -hmm. I was uh, talking to... Uh, Martin Mayhew after the game, he was like, "Hey, that's a tough team." I really, they really came at him, and uh, so they're giving you like compliments and stuff about how tough that game was yesterday. Did you sense that too? With, with uh, you know how high battle went all day? Yeah, it was uh, definitely a physical game, and they're they're you know a great front, and I think that's well known across the league that they're uh, one of the best. 
defense, and so it was a great challenge for us, and it was a exciting challenge to get out and, and trying to get after them. But uh, those guys did a great job too. But it was a physical game. Mm-hmm. And uh, what do guys say to to Marcus, who you know he's trying to win the game? Guy throws his arm up. You know, it's nothing. You know, we can do there. But mm-hmm. how do you try to pick your guy up and move forward? Uh, yeah, after a tough one like that. I mean, we love Marcus, and, you know, he was a huge reason why we were even in the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, that play's not on him at all. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it just happened. I mean, he's a great player, made a, made a great play, and, you know, the ball tipped up in the air, and that's sometimes how it just goes. Mm-hmm. Um, so you just got to credit them for the defense for making a, making a play in a huge situation. All right, now let's move on. We got a lot. I got a lot. You know, that's the problem on um, the midweek one. I got a lot of information. We're going to go over it. And uh, I'm not going to ad lib. I'll just stick to my my notes here on this one. Uh, they they open in 3-4. They run a 3-4 defense. Alex Highsmith's the leader with 10 sacks. He played at Charlotte with our guy Timmy Horn. Uh, he's the right outside linebacker. Y'all know Cam Hayward from Whitfield. Uh, and Peachtree Ridge, four sacks uh, on the season for him. T.J. Watt is back. Miles Jack has leads the team with 53 solo tackles at inside linebacker. Uh, secondary, secondary is anchored by Mika Fitzpatrick. He has 34 tackles at free safety. They move him around. Devin Bush, uh, inside linebacker, has 33 tackles. Now, I found this interesting because – I know uh, Coach Tomlin will have the defense ready. Uh, uh, against the Colts, they jumped many of the underneath routes by the Colts receivers early in the game. They knew where Matt was going with the ball, so they just jumped because, I mean, you know, there's that, that tape out there. You watch four games, you know the plays. So uh, they were jump, they're route jumpers is what I, what I got here. And uh, they almost picked off Ryan's first pass, uh, intercepted him on the second. And uh, they held the Colts uh, to nine of the Colts uh, failed to convert on nine of 12 third downs, including the one uh, with the game on the line in the final minute. So route jumpers, uh, if I'm Dave Ragone and Charles London, I'm like, okay, double move, double move him early with Zacchaeus, hit him up the sideline, double move him with Drake. If they're going to be jumping, you know, routes they think they, they know about on tape, you got to make them pay for that. All right, special teams. Uh, Presley Harvin is the punter, former Georgia Tech standout. He's averaging forty-one point three net net per punt. That hasn't had one block this year, uh, so um, he's a steady punter. Good to see him. We were at his pro day over at Georgia Tech a couple years back. Uh, they did give up a big uh, return against the Colts. Uh, Dallas Flowers. That's how the the uh, Colts got back in the game there. Flowers busted one up the middle for 89 yards. Got caught at like he was cutting back in and got tripped him. So he could have scored on that one. He took it from eight yards deep. And so we know who likes to take it from eight yards deep. That's uh, Corderell Patterson. He's got to be licking his chops saying, hey, maybe uh, I could stick this record way out there now. Take it to 10 against the Steelers. So the Falcons, uh, I didn't find the last. Uh, we'll have it in the paper in the Cover 9 blog, but the last win because the uh, Steelers have dominated this series. This will be the 18th meeting. The Steelers lead 14-2-1. And, and here's a tale of the tape, how they match up statistically. And uh, it's, a, it's a down year in Pittsburgh. It's an even matchup. Uh, they don't have 
Uh, only thing they do in the top 10 is the um, run defense, and that's six, and that might be because the pass defense is so bad. We had a same kind of similar thing early in the season with the Falcons' run defense being in the top 10. That's because everybody could throw. They didn't bother running until Carolina started running on them, and they've dropped from eighth to 21st over these last couple games. So, But the um, Steelers, they do. They're stout. I mean, um, you got Cam Hayward and them up front, and you got Bush and Miles um, Jack making the tackles. You got um, Ty Smith and Watt on the edge. So I don't know why this defense is uh, – I don't know what's happening up there. I got to call my man Ed Bouchette. But the defense looked like it should be better than these numbers. They're 24th. And uh, points allowed, 30th in yards, 367.7, six in, against the run. That's their good thing they can do. And then um, 263.7, that's what they're giving up passes. So they're 30th. They're just behind the Falcons who are 28. And so offensively, you know, playing a rookie is going to, you know, you're going to um, try to run the ball and help him out. He likes his tight end. So you know where, what's going to, you're not, they're not tricking you. It's not going to be anything. Uh, Bizarre, the uh, Steelers are going to try to do. They're 28th in points, 17.6, 28th in yards, 313.2, 21st in uh, rushing, 113.5 per game, and 25th in passing, 119.5. The big note here about the offense is that the kid hadn't turned the ball over in the last three games. So, uh, And they're going to run the ball. They're going to run it with Snell. Uh, Najee's hurt. They got to get Jalen uh, back. Uh, but they're trying to run the ball, throw it to tight end, and then they might, you know, get get it to um, Pickens or Deontay Johnson. So I mean, they're they're um, they're in a place the Falcons are skipping, which is skipping on playing the rookie quarterback. They're just gonna play him in practice and get him ready when he's ready and drop him in there and play. They're doing the on the job training versus the Falcons who are doing the. In the lab training, they they got him in the lab working, and uh, you know we'll see. Uh, you know they both were the first and second quarterbacks taken. We're talking about Desmond Ritter, so um, that's the tail of the tape on this one. Uh, Falcons dropped from third to fourth in their net rushing, which is one sixty. That's their star quality, and they're going against Pittsburgh strength again. But they. They did that last week against Baltimore, excuse me, against Washington, and we're in the hunt to the end. Uh, the other, you know, factor to watch for this one, since it's the same, this is like the same two teams playing each other. Pittsburgh is plus three in turnover differential. You can probably go right to Fitzpatrick for the plus three because he's got three interceptions. They're eighth, and the Falcons are 22nd at minus one still. So that's what we have here in the tail of the tape. That's how these two teams match up. Series record. Uh, looking forward to see Presley Harvin. And so, yeah, look for that route jumping thing early. Look for, I mean, that's if I'm if I know they're jumping routes uh, and you want to beat them with double moves. Pretty sure Dave Ragone knows that too. So does Arthur Smith. Hey, so with that, we're going to get out of here. We're going to give a big shout-out to our guy, Doug Roberson. He's going to be covering the team this week. We, um, and, uh, um, you know, have a uh, family uh, family uh, leave situation with passing of my dad. And Doug's going to jump in here and handle everything for us on AJC.com. And 
Look forward to getting back after the bye and get ready for that Saints week for you all. So we're going to ask you to take care and uh, you all have a great rest of your week. Ocean breeze, tropical beach, pina colada. You can buy an air freshener to make your car smell like you're in an oceanside paradise. Or better yet, you can point your car toward Daytona Beach and come experience the real thing. Visit DaytonaBeach.com to discover all there is to see, do, and enjoy along the world's most famous beach. Daytona Beach, Florida. Beach on. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com.